Hello, you're listening to Room 8 Radio Tower out of Northern Light School in Oakland, California. We're a middle school student-led podcast that reviews literature and reading-related content right from our English language arts homeroom, Room 8. together as a class and then discuss our ideas, opinions, as well as what we've learned about characters, plots, and inspiring stories. Our series is completely scripted and authored by students in grades 6, 7th, and 8th and produced by a team of students and our ELA teacher. Each episode will offer our young fresh take on books we've read in class throughout the school year. Today's episode is called From All Angles. There was a gun. There was a cop. There was a black boy. The black boy had no gun. The black boy had his skin his breath, his hands. Boy had enough for the cop to be afraid. That's an excerpt from the poem, The Evidence by Kamisha Jones. It's how the book, The Day Tijan Got Shot, opens. The evidence sets the tone for the rest of the story, a brave examination of black boys and police brutality and the tangled web it weaves. The book is written by the teen writers of Beacon House, and it tells the story of a 16-year-old boy named Tijan, who is growing up in the hood. Though the authors of the book live in Washington, D.C., this is a story that can and that has taken place anywhere in the United States of America. Every chapter of the book tells the same story from the perspective of a different character, including Tijan, the officer who shoots him, a single witness, and the family, friends, and the acquaintances of the victim and the offender. Tijan's family has fallen on hard times, and Tijan must resort to selling drugs to help his mom make ends meet. During one afternoon, Tijan is approached at gunpoint by the neighborhood dealer, Bobby, who is trying to lift weed off of Tijan without paying him. Tijan and Bobby get into an argument about services and payment and are caught by the police. While Bobby makes off in his car, Tijan makes a break for it on foot. Before long, Tijan finds himself at a dead-end alley, cornered by a police officer. Tijan assumes that rather than try to conceal his wares, he should just surrender. He reaches into his jacket pocket to retrieve the weed, and within seconds, the story takes a serious turn. Tijan is shot by the police officer, who is convinced Tijan has a gun. Oh yeah, and that police officer? Well, he happens to be a white male. From this point on, the story moves at a quick pace trying to tease out the story from all angles. As a young reader of this book, you find yourself struggling to be human and to try and understand and exist on all sides of the event of Tijan's shooting. The day Tijan got shot is a powerful story. Knowing that teenagers just like me wrote this story makes it even more worthwhile to read. Prior to this book, students in our school had read The Hate You Give, How It Went Down, and All American Boys, but really, nothing can compare to this story. For starters, The Day Tijan Got Shot is a 
powerful story because teenagers wrote it. Knowing that people my age are responsible for this courageous look at a very difficult subject is meaningful and valuable in ways adults could never understand. Police brutality is a violation of civil rights. It occurs when excessive or undue force is used against a civilian. It can include physical or verbal harassment, physical or mental injury, property damage, and even death. The root of police brutality in the United States can be traced back to the civil rights crusade of the 1960s. Most recently, police brutality has come to the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement. The Black Lives Matter movement was born in 2013 after George Zimmerman, the man who shot and killed unarmed black teenager Trayvon Martin, was cleared of his murder. Black Lives Matter describes itself as a chapter-based national organization working for the validity of black life. It has developed to include the issues of black women and LGBT communities, undocumented black people, and black people with disabilities. Because officers in the United States are legally permitted and often encouraged, to use force, it is difficult to convict an officer of brutality charges. Furthermore, in many jurisdictions, the use of force is not tracked. This may be the reason for the fact that in 2018 alone, there are only 23 days where police did not use force that resulted in kill death. According to MappingPoliceViolence.org, by the end of 2018, 1,143 people had been killed by police force. And what's more concerning is that 23% of those victims were black. This is because, as Mapping Police Violence reports, black people are most likely to be killed by the police. Most recently, since December 24, 2019, a total 897 civilians have been shot, 205 of whom were black. In the U.S., African Americans are 2.5 times more likely to be killed by police than white people. And even more disturbing is that for black women, the rate is 1.4 times more likely. On the evening of his shooting, February 26, 2012, Trayvon was 17 years old. He was junior at Dr. Michael M. Kropp High School. He was visiting his dad and his dad's fiance at the retreat at Twin Lakes in Florida. He had been watching the NBA All-Star Game on TV before stepping out to go to 7-Eleven to get an Arizona iced tea and some Skittles. As he was walking home from the store, George Zimmerman, who had been patrolling the neighborhood in an SUV called 911 to report Trayvon, he felt he was suspicious. Zimmerman's exact words were, this guy looks like he's up to no good or he's on drugs or something. It's raining and he's just walking around looking about. Now he's coming towards me. He's got his hand in his waistband, and he's a black male. Something's wrong with him. Yep, he's coming to check me out. He's got something in his hand. I don't know what his deal is. These assholes, they always get away. At that point, Trayvon, whom had been scared, pulled his hoodie over his head and began running away from Zimmerman, who, in spite of being asked by law enforcement not to, followed Trayvon. Zimmerman wasn't the only person to call 911. Others in the neighborhood did so when they heard Trayvon and Zimmerman wrestling each other on the ground. Someone, presumably Trayvon, was screaming for help. And then, a single shot. What happens in Trayvon's story from this point forward is this. 
George Zimmerman tells police his actions were in self-defense. The police don't press charges because Zimmerman has a clean record, even though he was arrested in 2005 for resisting arrest with violence and battery on a law enforcement officer. Charges were dropped on Zimmerman and he walked free. Seven years later, history would repeat and Zimmerman would be arrested and then released. Eventually, Zimmerman was charged with murder, but he was acquitted of shooting and killing Trayvon after claiming self-defense. The day Tijan got shot is a similar account of police brutality on the life of Tijan. Not unlike Trayvon Martin, Tijan is profiled by a shooter, Officer Pete, a white middle-aged man who has been with the police force for 16 years. Pete is portrayed as relatable, someone who loves donuts and respects justice, someone who really wants to be good. Officer Pete assumes that Tijan is carrying a concealed weapon when he sees him in a back alley and decides to pursue him. When Tijan reaches a dead end, he innocently believes that if he reaches into his jacket pocket, pulls out the drugs he was attempting to sell, and raises his hands, the officer won't do anything serious. But just like the thousands of individuals who are, are killed by police brutality every year, that isn't the case for Tijan. Officer Pete draws his gun and shoots Tijan on the spot, convinced Tijan has a weapon and is a threat. After shooting him, Officer Pete runs to Tijan to take away his weapon, which isn't there. Panicking, Officer Pete realizes he shot an unarmed black teen. As a reader, you can assume that Officer Pete hopes no one saw. Unfortunately, a sole witness with a camera phone captures most of the shooting and the events that transpire moments after Tijan goes down. Officer Pete's face is in clear view on the footage, meaning his cover is blown. What happens from here on in the story helps the reader to unravel the story one chapter and one perspective at a time. We've been so inspired by the story and each one of us had been impacted differently. We've each had the opportunity to unpack the story and try to best understand it from our own point of view. Here today to speak with us about the day Tijan got shot is our classmates and eighth graders at Northern Light School, Sanai and Tajiri. Sanai, Tajiri, thanks for joining us today at Room 8 Radio Tower. We're really glad you're here. Thanks for having us. We're excited to talk about this book. We are too, so let's dive in. Tell us, what was the impact of the day Tijan got shot for you and your classmates? Our class really loved this book and we found it to be a powerful narrative of the black experience. At first, what happened in the book made us really upset. We were angry, sad, disappointed in Officer Pete. And I think that I think that a feeling of anger is normal, especially when you're reading this as a student of color. But the really difficult thing about the story is that it isn't not a true story. This kind of event happens all the time in America. Just recently in the San Francisco Bay Area where we live, Miles Hall, a 23-year-old black man who was going through a mental health crisis was shot and killed in Walnut Creek. This is something that happens so often that when it does happen now, like, it, it isn't news. It's terrible and wrong. Reading about it in the day Tijan got shot makes it very real because the characters are just like us. They're relatable. We felt so much anger at first because it's like, Minorities are always discriminated against. Tijan was basically racially profiled as a dangerous black boy by Officer Pete. But I think one of the most powerful stories that this book tells is that everyone, regardless of their identity, can become a victim when generational traumas are allowed to keep going in their lives, in the lives 
of the children, but that belong to parents who have gone through domestic violence, abuse, poverty, substance addiction, and mental health issues. Officer Pete, when he sees Tajan at the end of the alley and thinks he's a threat, he just shoots him. He doesn't identify Tajan at first. He doesn't try to talk to him or reason with him and figure out what's going on. He just reacts. Our class believed that Officer Pete was two things, prejudice and quick to anger. And the fact that he was quick to anger, quick to react, was directly related to Dijon ending up shot. Officer Pete shares in his story that even as a kid, he was quick to anger and it landed him in a lot of unlucky situations. We thought that the situation Officer Pete found himself in where he shot Tajan was completely avoidable and that he should have known what to do that situation and that it begins with his anger. Without giving away too much of the story, I think one of the big takeaways for us was that inequality continues to play a big part in the lives of black people. Whenever they are in front of the law, they always lose. Whenever justice is called on them, it's never served. One thing that is so amazing about this book is that although it follows the order of events and how they happened, it goes back and forth between the points of view of several different characters. How does this make the story impactful? I think the biggest thing that this does for the story is that it influences not only how the story is told, but how you hear the story and understand it because each person has their own way of seeing the same things differently. Showing the different characters' perspectives on what happens to Tajan influences how each character handles the event and the outcomes that follow. Most of the characters in the book are black with the exception of Officer Pete and his family. So this gives readers really great insight on black culture, the black experience, and ultimately the prejudice and profiling that black people face. When it comes to the perspective of Officer Pete's family, specifically his daughter, Ashley, and his son, Zach, you get a better understanding of how it might feel to be a white kid whose best friends and community are all people of color, and the pain you feel when your best friend is a victim of violence. For Ashley and Zach, they were so hurt by what their dad did because it wasn't only about race, it was about relationship. Their closest friend had been shot by their dad, and the fact that Trajan was black and Officer Pete was white meant extreme injustice. And why do you think so many perspectives around Tajan's shooting were including in this book, especially those of the police officer and his family and other bystanders? We think so many perspectives were included to show that there are always two sides to every story. There isn't always one way of how a story plays out, especially when other people are involved. Writing this story had to be a challenge for the authors because they had to get each of the other characters' emotions and uh, attitudes about the event of Tijan getting shot right in order to pull the whole thing together. They also had to capture how each different character resolves their own personal challenges in the middle of the community event that basically broke everyone who lived in the community. It's hard when you're involved in something that happens that's difficult and challenging, especially when other people are involved too. When your feelings get hurt, you rarely consider how someone else might feel and how they experience the situation. One thing this book does is really try to broaden your perspective on others and their experience. The authors really had to think about how other people feel, 
even people they might not like. For example, Officer Pete, who was white and shot a black teen. We learned a lot of really important lessons while reading this book. Basic lessons in humanity. Stories are never just black and white when living people are involved, and especially when those living people are people you will either love or are friends with or go to school with or have known for a long time. One person's suffering affects so many others, and we really never realize it. We live in a world of extremes, and sometimes when we hurt, it's hard to believe that the person who did the hurting to us might be hurting themselves in the aftermath. This book really teaches the importance of understanding that that we're pretty much all in this together. And we have two choices, to get angry and react in violence or to see things from the other perspective. Do what's right and strive for justice and equality. I want to talk about the team writers who created this book. The Day Tijan Got Shot is by 10 teen authors. What do you think of the collaboration process was like for this project? Well, when it comes to book reviews, we tend to collaborate on our reviews. We do individual reviews for homework and then break up into the same small groups every time to write a more collaborative summary of all of our opinions and ideas. We draft these in one Google Doc with our whole class and edit live with our teachers. So we are using time effectively and meeting deadlines on time. So it's likely that a lot of the ways in which we collaborate, the 10 teen authors collaborated. So it's not always easy for us because we all have different opinions and it was probably the same with the authors. But working this way makes the story more interesting and powerful. Each of the 10 writers took on the perspective of a different character who experienced Tijan's shooting in a different way. The role that collaboration played in completing this novel was trying to get everyone to see from a different perspective and also try to appreciate the shades of gray in different stories. So collaboration played a huge role. Everyone needed to hear each other out. Everyone had different opinions they needed to share. One really interesting thing about the day Tijan got shot are all of the photographs, newspaper clippings, tweets, drawings, the timeline at the top of the pages, and the EKG. What did these images add to the story? The images helped the reader to reference certain events that happened and helped the reader to picture the story as it is happening. The story itself was so powerful. When combined with the images, the photographs, the tweets, the timeline, it all brings the story to life in a different way because tweets and social media and newspaper articles all happen in the real world. The story felt true. The images made the story true and made the characters real. How does the day Tujan got shot contribute to the Black Lives Matter discussion? Most obviously, this is about a black teen who was shot by a white police officer. It's written by 10 black teens who have lived the unique experience in the day Tijan got shot. They were able to write a narrative that speaks to and about the black experience and gives the issue of police brutality a voice. But this book also contributes to the Black Lives Matter discussion because it gives the movement visibility in a book that really anyone can pick up and read and not feel not feel that there is any bias in the way the story is told. Every character in the book feels human, from the victim to the officer to their families. Because all the characters feel human and have emotions and these challenges they face and overcome, it kind of gives the reader the freedom to feel compassion for all the characters and most especially to John and his family. Then you can develop a connection to the movement which 
for some people may seem like something they wouldn't get involved in because of their identity. The most important thing with the Black Lives Movement is that it has support, and support comes from understanding the movement. I think some people think because they aren't black, they shouldn't join the movement. But really, the Black Lives Matter movement needs people. It needs other people of color. It needs white people. It needs people to understand it and support it and know that just because it's Black Lives Matter doesn't mean no one else matters. Right now, it's black people who are getting killed by police officers. The movement and the issue needs both visibility and understanding. The day Tijan Got Shot offers this, the book will be powerful, alone, just with the story and what happens to Tijan. But it's powerful and understandable because it represents the perspective of everyone involved. The book ends with the authors writing from their own points of view. What makes this an effective transition? This transition was really effective. It really helps people to better understand the overall effect of police brutality and why it is an important issue to discuss and especially try to understand and make more visible. By making this transition at the end of the book, the 10 writers send out a message to their readers and show them that the way to do something about police brutality is to get involved and take action now. The effect of transitioning into a personal narrative was important because as black teens, their opinion matters. Their opinion is the voice of the movement. Sinai Tajiri, thanks for joining us today. The Day Tijan Got Shot is available in paperback from Shout Mouse Press, a collaboration between Shootback and Beacon House. You can learn more at www.shoutmousepress.org. You've been listening to Episode 1, All Angles from Room 8 Radio Tower in Oakland, California. Thank you for joining us, and happy Black History Month. Join us again in week four, episode two, Beyond Brave. We'll take a look at Christopher Paul Curtis, the journey of Little Charlie and the roots of slavery in the South and Midwest beginning in the 1800s. Little Charlie is a story of the great courage and heroism found in an unlikely protagonist who, upon encountering historic injustice, chooses to make a change, even if it comes at a sacrifice. Enjoy what you hear? Check for upcoming episodes and information at our website, www.room8radiotower.org. If you support student-led digital storytelling and reviews, then share Room 8 Radio Tower with others who might enjoy what we have to say. If you're interested in suggesting a book for our class to read, discuss, and review, visit our website, www.room8radiotower.org, and submit your suggestion on the contact page. We look forward to hearing from you.